Hey all, I'm the Hypothetical Nerd John, and welcome to Joy to the Nerds, where you can get quick spoiler-free recommendations for anime, video games, and other nerdy content of the sort. Do you enjoy Pokemon games, but you want to mix things up a little? Or maybe you like the general games, but you wish that there was a bit more of an in-depth story to go along with it? And maybe the idea of your companions having a brain power level where you are actually able to converse with them sounds like something that you'd be interested in? If you resonate with any of these things that I have said, let me introduce you to a wonderful show and also a series of games called Digimon. The concept of Digimon is that there are companions known as Digimon, which is short for digital monsters. They exist within computers and the internet and various things of that sort. In the various shows and games, there is always some level of conflict that either you, the main character, or the main cast have to go up against with their faithful companions to defeat some ultimate evil. And how you go about doing this differs a bit from the games and the shows. In the shows, each Digimon tamer, which is a person that takes care of Digimon, generally, except for special cases, only has one digital monster companion. While the video games embrace a bit more of the collectathon aspects where you can create Digimon after scanning them to retrieve enough data. While conceptually it is very similar to Pokemon, and if you like Pokemon, I would say that you're likely to enjoy these games too, in how the things are executed in terms of story and the actual Digimon, it is a good bit different. When Digimon Digivolve, they are not stuck in that higher evolution. In the shows, the Digimon only really go into their champion, ultimate, or mega forms when they are in combat. Otherwise, they stay the little, small, cute forms when they're just, you know, going about their everyday stuff because they don't have Pokeballs or containment things for Digimon, which could potentially cause problems in terms of transportation in general space. In the games, what you do with the Digimon with their Digivolutions is they reach a certain level. And once they reach a level, you have the option to Digivolve them into different things. It's kind of like a tree where you can go down this route or that route, but you don't have to stick with that route. Because after Digivolving something, you can degenerate it back down to that previous level if you decide you want to try something different. With each Digivolution or Digeneration, the Digimon starts back off at level 1 with the increased base stats of whatever form they are or decreased if they're going down. And one of the really cool things you can do with this system is you can take Digimon down different Digivolution routes to get certain moves or abilities from this mega form, then go back and create a different mega level Digimon that has attributes from all of those other ones that you had. Like, if it has an attack that you want from something else, you can very much do that, compared to Pokemon where you pretty much have to do, like, breeding and egg moves to do anything of that sort. When it comes to battling in Digimon, each Digimon has a type that goes within a power triangle like you see in many things where they are called virus, vaccine, or data type Digimon. There are some Digimon that do not fall under this and they do not have a type and they just kind of don't have good or bad things against those. Other than the overarching types, Digimon can also have elemental types which has a general weakness and strength thing like you see in most general RPGs like Water Beats Fire. And both of these overarching types and elemental types will overlap to do either big amounts of damage, medium amounts of damage, small amounts of damage. They all kind of count together. 
These are the general mechanics for Digimon for the games that I have played, which is the Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth games and the Digimon World Dawn and Dusk. And I did play a little bit of some of the ones on PlayStation, but I was young and I don't have enough memory to really say that's how it was in those games. Each of them have their differences with their mechanics, but these are the core ideas that kind of pervaded all of them in what I've seen. And now I'll get into one of my favorite things about Digimon. The Digimon don't feel like pets, and that's why I love Digimon more than Pokemon and many of the other games in the genre that I've played. Instead, they feel like friends and actual companions. Which I know you can make an argument for Pokemon and things, but you can't tell me that your Vaporeon that can only say the name Vaporeon is at the same level as an Agumon that can literally sit there and have a conversation with you about how much he loves hamburgers. For instance, the Digimon Cyber Sleuth games has a lot to do with the human world and the Digimon world colliding. So when you get your Digimon, they will talk to you about things in the world and they'll be like, oh, what's this food? Oh, what's this show? Have you heard about this thing? And they will actually send you in-game texts where they are experiencing the human world and going, oh wow, look at this thing, I'm learning so much. And there's just something so wholesome and fun about that. And when making plans, it isn't just you, the tamer, going, okay, we're gonna do this, and the Digimon will deal with it, and they are just our medium to do this. Instead, when plans are made in most Digimon situations, the Digimon also have a say in what's going on, so they're not just senselessly fighting at the whims of their masters. I'm definitely not one of those, oh, Pokemon are fighting against their will, and it's just as bad as dogfighting, that kind of thing. No, I disagree with that very much, but I just like how Digimon have a say in what's going on. Going on because you don't really see that all that often. Due to all these various different traits, I feel the need to do the best for my Digimon. I want them to be the best that they can be. I do not go crazy level grinding in most video games that I play, but because I have this connection with my Digimon and I do not want them to suffer in the slightest, I always wind up level grinding them to stupid amounts early on in the game. I can't have my babies getting hurt. I need them to conquer whatever evil stand before them, and they do not need to suffer whatsoever. So I usually wind up sitting there with maxed out mega level Digimon halfway through the game, trivializing every single piece of combat from that point onward, but it's for my Digimon. And I don't really do that in any other game. I'll do some level grinding, but I don't go that crazy with anything else that I've played. The Digimon shows and games have been one of my favorite franchises from the time that I was a kid, and I really hope that some of you look into it and realize that, oh, it's just worse Pokemon. There are so many times in my life where I have brought up Digimon, and people that don't know anything about the show bring up that one argument and write it off. Which is why I did talk about a lot of comparisons between the two, because I want to show people that just because you like Pokemon doesn't mean that you shouldn't play Digimon. They have a lot of differences, and you should play both of them if it's the kind of game that you enjoy. In terms of which games you should play, I would definitely recommend the Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth Complete Edition, which is available on Steam and Switch and comes with two games, including all their DLC. They're really good, I enjoyed them. But personally, my favorites were the Digimon World Dawn and Dusk, which were for the original Nintendo DS, so if you have access to those, you should definitely try those out, because those are set in the world where Digimon are already established, and it gives a bit better of a taste of what Digimon and human coexisting is like. If you too are a lover of Digimon, be sure to at me at my Twitter at HypotheticNerd and tell me about some of your experiences or your favorite Digimon. 
And that'll wrap it up for this episode. If you enjoyed, do me a favor and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on and tell your friends where they can find Joy to the Nerds. This has been the Hypothetical Nerd John, and thank you for spending some time out of your busy day to hear me rant on about something that I think is pretty rad, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and come back to hear us. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.